Crest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. We have a fun episode for you guys today. I'm excited for this one. I don't even think we're going to have any time to get news. to news. No, no news. No news. None. It's all, all just, of the project updates. All the project all updates. All of the opinions. Well, I'm sure I, I don't have any opinions planned. But I'm sure are they, are they usually planned? I'm sure I'll be able to come up with something. Oh, Jeez. Uh-huh. <laughs> Before we get into that, I want to remind everybody about the Overcrest Drivers Club. Yeah. My favorite people in the world other than my family. I really <laughs> like, I love you guys. I, I was w- going to say, what about me? But I'm actually in the Drivers Club. Are you? Yeah. Oh, you're a you're driver. I'm not. I'm not a, a paying member well, of the Overcrest Drivers Club. One of us club. has to make sure everything works correctly. So yeah, <laughs> that's, I, that's I, me. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Overcrest Drivers Club, exclusive content. We just did an exclusive episode last week. We're coming up with some new merch to give everybody, get yes. some stuff dialed in. We're really, really excited about it. And many thanks to all of you that do it just to support the show. It so means everything. how do you become a driver? Go to patreon.com slash Overcrest. I just realized I'm going to set up a URL that redirects there too from Overcrest productions drivers club so you can be over there yeah there you go that's easier to say but i appreciate regardless patreon.com slash overcrest for as little as five dollars a month you can become a member of our drivers club get access to exclusive episodes we just recorded one about the history of an american icon yes absolutely we talk about a little bit of uh, I can't even say I don't want to. We'll just leave it. We'll just leave it. Just leave it. Leave it as a mystery for everybody. All right. So what have you been up to, Jake? What's going on over at uh, Harley Land? Harley Land. That's right. I guess yeah. I've been working on the bike a little bit. How much do you think tickets to Harley Land would be? I think you'd have to pay me to go to Har- Harley oh, Land. Oh, come on. Yeah. That's, it, I mean, I guess Harley Land is kind of like Sturgis, which yeah. you wanted to go to anyways. Yeah. Harley Land. <laughs> <laughs> so this bike has been a slow process because... Unlike just putting together a scooter and replacing parts that bolt right on, a lot of what I'm doing is like custom fabrication. Hello? I've had to port out the cylinders with a Dremel uh-huh. and, and do a uh-huh. It was not just bolt everything it together. It was bolting together. It, so is you. From what I can see, you are you have the easiest job ever because all you have to do is tap things and weld tabs on a thing. <laughs> it's not, let's not make this I'm any harder I'm also building than a wiring harness from scratch. Granted, there's only like yeah, two well, for lights. What? Like blinkers? Yeah, there's two lights, yeah, basically. Yeah. Do you have blinkers? I'm not running blinkers you, on would this. Would you have to run a battery to run blinkers? No, I wouldn't have to. Okay, so why don't I you I can want... put them on later. Can you just do like little... That's the problem with bikes is you... It's almost... Remember when you were a kid and you'd get yeah. a bike? What was the first thing you did? Oh, tear off those reflectors, the reflectors man. The chain guard, yeah. the, the, the nut pad, everything. It yeah. all had to go away. Yeah. All of it. Although, in hindsight, as an adult, I think the little pad that goes across the top tube... Is that's, what, that was yeah that's a good thing that was something that you did not know you needed to keep till your chain <laughs> your chain fell off like your chain was too loose and you're pedaling to catch up with your buddies and on that downstroke oh. with your right foot the chain would and then you off, slip and you just rail your nuts right into that bar and you just go i Ugh. don't have a memory of that happening to me i have that happened to me several times and i remember just laying on the ground going oh. <laughs> as your buddies are like ha, 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 ha. you know that's exactly what happened you know, i used to be much braver with the bike you just jump it off anything. Oh, yeah. Now I'm like, oh, that curb is like <laughs> slightly higher you know than DOT. Our, our bodies get a lot more fragile, unfortunately. They do. They do. I did mess up. Well, we'll, we'll get there. I messed up my knees and everything. Oh, God, it's been quite. <laughs> There's it's a been, joke in there that I won't get to. Yeah, well, that's already that been made. That being said, because this is a Kickstart only conversion, yep. apparently I will screw up my knees. Like, that's what people say about these Kickstarts. Because so, if they backfire on the downstroke, it's like putting all your weight coming right back Ooh, up at you. Yeah, it's like compressing your spine or yeah, something, but your knee. Yeah. yeah so it, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> why not just put an electric start on it? I took it all out, Chris. Yeah, is it hard to put? I mean, is it? 
does it look bad? Is it, is it hard the, to use? I don't want the starter. I don't want the battery. I don't want any of that. Bare bones. Chopper. Yeah, but the battery's small. Can't you hide it somewhere? Can't you be clever? I don't, I don't like the look of any of that. Be clever. Hide it. Do something I, cool. I know where I could. I could do a, a different style oil tank where part of the oil tank is actually the little battery box recess. Nah. Yeah, do it. Then nah. you could have like a hidden thing. It could be cool. It's That's not work. cool. It's more work. Well, it actually probably wouldn't have been because I made up a fabrication for a block up plate for the Kickstarter where the old starter went. So and then this, I made a new oil tank. Is or this hard oil to kick filter. over? I don't know yet because I haven't installed the Kickstart conversion. That's yeah. going to be the biggest part and kind of the last big job. Yeah. That you should go down and help me with. Okay. There's nothing like it's fairly straightforward. You disassemble the primary cover and you take all this apart and you have to fabricate. What's under the primary cover? That is basically the big chain that connects your crankshaft to your transmission input. Okay. So you take that off and then you basically disassemble, partially disassemble the uh, transmission and then you put the kickshaft through and you have to attach this Paul plate to the big primary input shaft. Yeah, just say, I'm trying start, to think of words. Of words. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of what things are called. Because so, my Vespa is actually kind of hard to kick over. Really? Like, yeah, it, well, it's super high compression. Yeah, but it's also 125cc or whatever uh, it is. 177. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> 177 there, do you, guy. Do you know what this is? Uh, I don't know, a lot. A thousand. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's literally a thousand cc. I think it's lower compression, though. That's what it's all about is compression. I think it's... Yes, but I, can, it, I have to... I think there's some hot I have to throw my body in, in the this. air and jump on mine to get it to kick. Like, yeah, it that, is, that's probably what's going to happen here. Yeah, and, then, and then it's still not going to go over. Is this why fat dudes ride Harleys? <laughs> yeah. And that's like the main thing that you just <laughs> yeah, they're, they're throw their weight into start it. it. Uh, so you think you're going to have it running when? Well, so, we already saw it run, but... It runs, but now I need to put it all back together and get it running. Okay. Um. So probably... So my birthday's on the second here oh, in a couple okay. weeks. All right, so all I want right. to I want to ride it for my birthday. That's you, my personal deadline. It's the personal goal. It's birthday bike. Birthday bike ride. Birthday bike. Do you yep. still have the Ducati? Yeah, I do. Okay, so Nikki will be able to go with you on your birthday yeah. bike ride. Well, I don't, I mean, I this is going to be like a little test ride to put it through its paces. Make sure I can actually kickstart it if it dies in the center of the road. So you're not walking at home. Exactly, <laughs> so I won't go too far for the first ride. Is this ride. thing going to make the, the sound? Yeah. The potato, potato. Of course it is. Right there, yeah. Well, it's, I have a story or a video on my Instagram where we started it for the first so time. It, does it sounds sound just like that. Okay. Can you, is it going to be loud or is it going to be like a quiet version There's of no this? There's no mufflers. At all? It's just pipes. Oh, man. And so it's absolutely It obnoxious. will sound exactly like that. So you're that, that guy. Are you I gonna, don't even want to be that guy. So then put a muffler on it. Okay. Just put a muffler on it, dude. These things are... My, the people that drive around in my neighborhood... I know. It's, it's obnoxious. It's just, and, they, it's, they, they, and then you got to rev it. Yeah. yeah can you hear me, guys? They're out, of, they're out of light going... It's like, just... I know. Chill out. Does the thing not run? <laughs> Does it not run? Are you trying to keep it running right now? If you stop doing that, will it die? Of course not. If, they're all fuel injected now. Exactly. No so riding these, har- these older stop Harleys it. anyways. No, so you're right. I might do a two into one with, they call it like the, the cocktail shaker style exhaust, where it's a little muffler with like yeah. a reverse flare on it. I can it. imagine what that would look like. I think that's a that's a must. Otherwise, how can you tolerate yourself? You know? <laughs> well, I mean, you're in a helmet. So. I know, but still, it's 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 awfully loud. So a good thing happened today. What's that? I got the title for the M5. Oh. It, it came in the mail. Okay. So how long has that been? 
uh, I don't know, probably a month or two. Yeah, a month or two. I'm not okay. sure. I've driven it probably about. I so, thought I'd driven it like five thousand miles, but I've driven it about thirty five hundred or four thousand miles. Okay, is how long? It's it's almost to needing an oil change. Oh, is yeah, where I've, so I've almost driven an oil change. That's everybody's, quite a bit. Everybody's like, "Oh, you haven't even driven that. You haven't even experienced it yet." I'm like, "Well." I don't know. It's like a hundred miles every time I drive down here to the studio, or <laughs> or go anywhere else yes. for that matter. So I have. So put, you have the title. I have the title. What does that mean? I am going to sell it. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to sell the M5. What? I've decided I'm you, going to sell the like M5. You like this car? I do like this car. And someone asked me. Someone's like, "Oh, why are you selling your dream car?" Right. Would it be boring if you woke up every morning and were like, "God, that was the same dream I had last night." You know, you just keep having the same dream over right. and so over and over again. you want to experience different things. I want to experience something else. But I'm just kind of surprised you got this through your system so quickly already. I don't know. 3,500, 4,000 miles is a lot of time to yeah, spend in a car. Okay, distance perhaps, but you've only had it two months. I know, but I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored. Okay. It's a great car. It's easily the best car. Best. Why, why is it you seem to, because this is obviously a pattern, you go through cars quickly. I go through some cars quickly. I've had my 911 for eight years. So that's years. where my question is leading. What's different about that? Uh, Why aren't I think you bored of that? Because it's a constant evolution. And honestly, I don't think, I, I should not, response financially, fiscal responsibility yeah. should say that I should sell the M5. Because when okay. you look at when you well, look at my income level, my why, wife's- Why not the 911? Because I actually really love that car. Okay. I, that car is important to me. My kids love that car. It's- it's basically ingrained in the fabric of who I am at this point, right? Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just, it just is. I, it's, it's, no, I'm not selling the, the, the 911. But I have what amounts to be like a, maybe $130,000 in those two cars together, Okay, which seems really That's a lot. lot. It's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And then I go, all right, I could, it's, it's the same cycle every year because even if I kept the M5 for the summer, right. I would have to sell it at the end of the summer because I would need a daily driver for winter. Ah, uh, I, I just have to. I can't not do you that. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to sell the M5. Yeah. I'm going to pave my driveway. Really? Yeah, okay. which is, it's, I, have this, I have a gravel driveway. Yeah, I like that plan. Which is a huge problem because A, it covers all of my cars in dust. dust. It yep. covers my house in dust. Right. Covers my family in dust. <laughs> I mean, everybody's covered it's in like dust. It's like you're coming out of the 1930s dust bowl every time you go to the store. It is. It's brutal. And it's just, and it's just. You <laughs> Excuse know. me, Papa, we may have a shower. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And uh, of course. So you're going to pave the driveway. We're going to pave the driveway, which with some of the money. And the rest of the money, I'll just probably just put it in the bank or go buy something else, which I want to try and keep. Knowing you, you're going to put a lot of it into crypto and just hope it doesn't tank. Uh, I maybe probably, <laughs> probably some, but I would have a lot more fun. I have, you know, I put a little bit of money every day. Actually, I have like recurring buys every day for crypto. Gotcha. Just to kind of try and average the price out a little bit because okay. it is so volatile. You put a little bit in every so often it's, it averages out. So you're not just putting big chunks in at one time and then it moves and you lost or gained, you know, it's just averaging anyway. Um, so no, probably will not, won't, won't okay. do that. So, so selling this. Yes. Paving what, the driveway. What, paving the driveway. Put some money in the bank. And another I gotta, vehicle. I gotta, I gotta have another vehicle. Yeah. I gotta have something else. I Because as far as what you have for cars, actually. You know what I really wish is that Mark Six GTIs weren't piles of flaming garbage. Are they? They are horribly, hideously unreliable. Timing really? chains stretch. The fuel pumps are dumb. Because this is the FSI motor. Yeah, they're just horrible. And I really like the cars. I like how they look. I like how they drive. Yeah. But every time I talk about buying one, 
my friend Chad who runs a bookstore and shops, his eyes get all big and, it, and <laughs> the like, blood no. drains from his face because he knows <laughs> it's going to come to him. Yeah, if something explodes, I'm going to be there with my little uh, with my little hat in hand. Hey, hi, Chad. Remember when he told me not to buy this yeah. car? I bought it. <laughs> Here, can you help me? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do no. that. So I can't buy one of those. I don't know what to do. What do you What do you think I should buy for like a for like just the daily driver that maybe <laughs> what maybe I can buy it now and drive it through the year till next year? Right. What could that be? I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be driving the 911 a lot this year. I'm got all kinds of rallies to do. Probably gonna put ten to fifteen, maybe even eighteen thousand miles on that car wow. this summer. So what am I gonna drive otherwise? I would say because I I don't know why, but recently I really like a. B6 Audi no. S4 I would, Avant. Nope, so I don't V8, want an Audi. Manual six speed, all wheel drive with the wagon. Perfect. What do those cost? Uh, not that bad. That's a, not a number. I, I don't know. <laughs> like seven, maybe? Uh, I don't Is that the, the V8? Yeah. Also, a nightmare to work on. Yeah, you don't want the timing chains to go out no. of those. Isn't, aren't, they they on, aren't they on the back of the motor? Yeah, they yeah are. and accessories are on the back of the motor too, right? I like believe the so on that one. Yeah, it's not I know ideal. at least the chains are. They sound good with exhaust. Yeah, but dude, that sounds like an awful... <laughs> and an Avant? Oh, it'd be great. I would love something that I can drive and do nothing to, okay. but it's still fun, and I don't care if it rusts. Mm. That's kind of the... So it has to be newer, because I don't really give a shit about new cars that much. I'm not concerned. I could never drive. Someone was like, just drive the M5 in the winter. Who gives a shit? I'm like, well, I do because I'm destroying something. Destroying something important. As I just don't want to. I just don't. Yeah. I don't want to do it. You know I'd rather I sell that, it and give it to yeah. someone else and they can enjoy the car rather than, you know, run it into the ground mm. and turn it into a rust heap. You could get a first gen Porsche Cayenne with the VR6. I thought about that, actually. I like those. You know, I thought about they a Cayenne. They made those with the six-speed manual and a VR6. I thought about that. That They're is a, kind of a dog. You wouldn't be able to tow with them, but I love the VR6 motor. I don't tow anything, Yeah. so that's not really. What about the GTS? What's that? I mean, we get a little bit more power yeah, there, GTS don't we? GTS is the V8. Yeah. Uh, 4.5 liter in the first gen went to 4.8 in the second and third gens. They are fairly reliable. However, the 4.5s had cylinder scoring issues. Oh, don't that's want not that. good. No, what don't happens? Want that. They score cylinders. Is it part of the? I don't know the, if it's an oiling issue or what it is. Oh, all right. Well, we don't. I've been warned the is, to is stay away go, from those. Every car you can go. Well, the car has this issues. The car has I know, that issues. Exactly. The IMS bearing or the, the scoring issues or the timing chains on the on the golfs. I don't know. It's tough. So I got to think of something. So if anybody has any ideas, let me know. I'm open. I'm open to plans. Otherwise, oh, I have another project that I'm going to go look at next week. Oh, geez, what? It is a. Do you want to know? Yeah. It is a 1978 uh-huh. 280 CE, Mercedes 280 CE. Look it up because you don't know what that is. So type that in. 19 what? 1970. I think it's a 78 Mercedes 280 CE in 280 white CE. with a dark chocolate brown interior. Yeah, this looks like every other grandpa car you've owned. <laughs> this is much closer to grandpa car than some this, of the other Mercedes is, that I've owned. Yeah, this How is How would you grand- describe You're this? You're getting thing? worse with it. Although I do like that. Is it a coupe? Uh, they, uh, this one, I believe this one is a coupe. Yes. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I like the roof line because it's a pillarless door. Yep. And you look up the, uh, we got the front end. It's just hideous. You got to have the European headlights. It changes and the Euro bumpers. It changes everything on this car. As with all old Mercedes and yeah, all old BMW, Euro bumpers, I mean, Euro lights. Sadder. So the, the bumper gets tiny and the light becomes, instead of being two separate headlights. Right. Now it's just a big panel it, of glass. Right. Because it's got, uh, bulbs instead of a sealed beam. Right. Yeah, it still looks hideous. No, it's not. Especially if you get like the fog lights built in where they're French and looking yellow. at that right now. Oh, it's awesome. Nah. So this motor it just looks like you're is gonna... a two point like seven or two point eight liter 
twin cam six cylinder with 190 horsepower. Oh wow, that's pretty good. Which in like night, think of that in 1978. Yeah, pretty awesome. I'm sure, this thing weighs a ton though. It's uh, the thick German steel. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's quite heavy. I don't know what the zero to sixty time is. Probably not. How about great. this? You always talk about wanting to experience electric. What if you look at? You could get like a. I don't know. Do you need? Do you need room for the family? What about like an i three? Well, this Mercedes is not my daily driver. That's not what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, this is a project. This is just now. my next project for when the nine eleven. Why the hell done. do you want this? I like them. I love the Why? engine. Why? I don't know. I think they're a classy looking car. Oh, are you going to like slam it on oh, different yeah. wheels? Yeah, this thing's going to be low. I want to do air ride on it. I want to slam okay. it. Um, I think the price is right. It's got brand new remanufactured carburetors that go with it. So it should run super nice, which is really, really great. My friend Dave actually rebuilt the carburetors for this car. If anybody needs carburetors redone, my buddy, my buddy Dave, hit me up. I'll connect you with him. He's really, really meticulous guy. He's got like a little machine shop and stuff like that. Gotcha. He rebuilds carburetors there. That's I can I can hook you up with Dave. Um, but uh, the yeah. Well, two, then drive this. And I almost feel bad driving in winter, dude. Oh, I just, ugh, you can't you can't drive in winter. Why do I live here? I <laughs> this is the problem. This is the problem. Why do I live here? Did you see? I made like a nice post with um a quote by Ann Bradstreet or something about the adversity of living somewhere where there's winter and how it makes spring sweeter. Yeah, it does. I mean, it gives you the contrast in life, right? right. I think if you and live then in someone L- said, "Yeah, springs are pretty sweet in California too." I go, "I know, but we have to justify it here." <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, if you live in California, guess what? What you die sooner because the air quality. Is- <laughs> I was when I got home from being in LA, I'm like. <sighs> Wow, I can breathe. This is incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So how much are minis? We talked we talked about we're gonna be talking about minis a little bit for EV swaps and stuff, but what does a what does a mini go for that I maybe needs some? I almost want to tell you because I've been looking a lot. And so I found two that are the best price I've found out. So there. we're talking like 70s, 60s, 70s minis. So here's what's fun about them. That same classic mini body style was built up until 1993 yeah, but in when, other parts Yeah, but of the then world. you have to import them. Well, there's a lot of them already here. Okay, so what are we talking sale. about for money? Um, you're going to be probably a- 10 grand. I could maybe do that. <laughs> okay. Could I, this, could, would I want to drive that 100 miles to the studio and back, though? Um, No. <laughs> I've, driv- I've driven the problem. one. I've They're driven so one. They're so teeny. I have love you driven them? one? I have not. They are comical to drive. They are absolutely <laughs> they have 10 comical. Inch wheels. I know. It is a <laughs> and the, the like the the steering ratio is really short. I mean it is it's when, jittery. It drives like a go-kart. You're like, "No, it doesn't because this does." And it's the mini. <laughs> they they yes. really really do. And you were thinking about getting one, right? You and you were yeah, talking about what? I was just what? toying with ideas like, "Okay, well if we sell both the 911s and get something more practical. If we have a family, I'm still going to want some sort of project car or something like that. Maybe a you can't mini go would from the 911 to a mini. Okay. I agree. You would not enjoy that. I That's know. not, you would, Hey, you want to go on the overcrest rally? I you, can't. A lot of people could drive, a lot of their people could drive the mini that long. People that like to drive and stuff like that. You on the other hand, you know what I would do? You'd, sh- you'd put it on your back and carry it? Yes, exactly. I'd put it on a little trailer <laughs> you know and tow it. what's great, though, for you is when you get in, it would just look like a normal-sized oh, car. Great. Yeah, yeah just the ratio. Yeah. Headroom, no shape. problem. Yeah. No problem for headroom. You think you can reach the pedals in one of those? <laughs> <laughs>
Yes, I can reach the damn. So we talked about motor swaps too. And you thought about maybe doing a K twenty swap in there, and I said no, no. How dare you? I do agree. A, a like a period correct race engine would be so kind of cool. There was uh, there was a guy I knew here. He he has since passed away. His name was John Forsman, and he actually. Um, he's where I got my my Mamiya from. If you ever see me carrying around my big ass Mamiya oh, film camera. camera, that was from John. Shows Forsman. what I know about photography. And he was a photographer that lived here in Minneapolis. He's actually I bought the Suzuki Swift GT from him. I didn't know you had one. I had one for like a, a, about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should count how many cars I've owned. I have never counted. I should count. Really? But he was a he was a photographer. He was a film photographer. He worked for um, did a lot of work for Target and Better Homes and Gardens. Okay. I learned so much about photography and composition and everything from John Forsman. I cannot thank that man enough. That's awesome. And he was, and he was a car guy, and he was restoring a Woody, a mini Woody. Yeah. And he had a motor built for it. Okay. And what he had done, and this is a swap that has become more and more common as time goes on. It's not super easy, but the K1000 BMW motorcycle head yes. bolts up. Which is to, super cool. Bolts up to the mini uh, block. engine block. That's that, cool. And it, it's got individual throttle bodies. It's yep. twin cam. Yep. It fits great. You don't have to change a ton of stuff. It's still kind of like OEM plus in a way, like in the family, like cousins. BMW didn't really know many, but then they became kind of cousins, <laughs> like step cousins Before maybe. Before the marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they kind of became step cousins in a way. That is a cool swap. That I would know, be pretty cool. Did you read about it on the on that? No, link I, I looked you? a little bit about it though. They look rad. Velocity stacks sticking that, out everything. Yeah, that motor guys does will. Look cool. uh, they do turbos with them too. They oh, do turbo K one thousand. Here's the problem that's with the way, mini though. That's way cooler than some Honda swap that just goes. That just sounds buzzy. I agree, but it's still just front wheel drive with not much tire underneath it. So it's like, how much power do you need out of this thing? That's why you do the K one thousand thing. It's yeah. not overwhelming power, right? If you put like a K twenty in there, you've got two hundred eighty horsepower. What are you going to do with it? It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> awesome. Or I wonder if you could do like some sort of all-wheel drive conversion. Oh, I'm sure you could. There you That'd go. That would be now ridiculous. We're now we're just talking like, that, oh my gosh, that's this just is getting dumb. insane. Or what? There's an EV swap. True. They do make a bolt-in EV then you Do you realize how much of the character? Yeah, exactly. But not only that, you're adding so much weight with batteries, it would ruin the character of the car in my mind. Depends on how much weight in batteries you're adding. Because we like we talk. Well, on, if you're ever going to drive this thing across the country, a lot. Yeah. Well, you're not. I don't. I wouldn't want to drive any EV across the country. I would no. not even want to drive a Tesla across the country because I wouldn't want to have to plan my route around where the charging stations are. Oh yeah. I want to go. And Chris, can you imagine you no. being like, "Oh look at that road! I need to go on. I I want to go down there." Oh, sorry. Don't yep, have the range I'd have to have like for a, it. I'd have to have a backpack with an unfoldable solar thing, and I'd have to sit <laughs> at the end of the road for like sixty days waiting for the thing to recharge. That would. Not be that good. would be no good. Okay, so plan is what's, what's the sell plan? the M5, okay. buy a what mini? Okay, so you're saying buy a mini. I was just letting you say whatever you want right there. Oh, okay. Could I buy got a mini. It. Oh, so I could have interjected anything. You could have interjected anything oh. at that. You just total I missed opportunity. It. Total missed opportunity. Uh, sell the M5. How about buy like something totally out of left field, like an old Chevelle? You know what I do want to own is I want to own something JDM. Okay. So maybe like a JDM something or another, just like a... Just, you want to do like a... I, I really like the EK hatch, like the Honda EK series, the little Civic hatch. Yeah, That'd maybe. be cool, but then it would get stolen right away. Well, I have a garage, so and I live yeah, in the middle. Yeah, but you can't park down here then. <laughs> yeah, it's going to just get carried away immediately. Oh, man, we have to have a club. We'd have to get a club to put the it on club. there. The club. 
I don't know. There's got to be something out there. I do. I've never owned an old Chevelle or an old Nova. Right, an old muscle car. Anything like that. I also am really interested in like an old Cadillac like a, or, or like a Broham or something or like an old uh, Lincoln Continental. Just something big. Yeah. Just something big just where the boat of fenders are bigger than the doors. Just And the hood is basically the size of my 911. <laughs> where, where like a seven liter motor looks small in the engine compartment. And it doesn't make any power. Makes no power whatsoever. Yes, exactly. With, we can do a one wheel peel and the hubcap goes flying off. <laughs> just like in all the movies. I think that would be, that would be really good too. But then again... Am I going to want to drive something like that in the winter? No. No. No, you're not. Frick. See, I I'm screwed. I'm screwed. Yeah. You know what? I just, I'm not going to leave you know, the house. I, I'll just there you stay go. home yes. all winter. I, if I was in your position, I would get a Fiat 500 Abarth edition. No. It's fun. It's small. It's zippy. They sound great. You don't have to care about where, like in the winter. I don't have enough chest hair. I need to have more chest hair. What? Because it's Italian. Italian? Cover like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't. <laughs> a little more hamburger coming out of the top of the, chest, uh-huh. top of the shirt. I don't like Fiat's. I don't like the way they look. They sound cool. They sound bigger than their britches, which is not something I always like. So it's really, just, yeah, it's not that. That is not for me. I did work on the nine eleven a lot. I heard. I uh, had quite the roller coaster. Had quite the roller coaster <laughs> putting the motor in. Um, everything went really, really well. Yo. You know, it's uh, one thing I noticed that. What is your favorite? unconventional tool in the garage. You asked me this before. Yeah. And I was racking my brain trying to figure up of an unconventional tool. And the best I could come up with is a hammer, which is a conventional tool. That is a conventional tool. A block of wood. Yeah. You do use a block of wood a a lot in the garage. A block of wood is incredibly important. pile of blocks of wood. So I have a one by, I have a two by four, I have several two by sixes. I have some four by eights of some like Brazilian hardwood. That the guy the around the corner from Chad's shop, the Volkswagen shop, there's a boat restoration place oh, that yeah. guy builds boats. So and he threw away like, oh, there's just a little too much worm, a little too much. Uh, what yeah. is it? What is it called? The, the just the grain? Yeah, no, no, it's like the worm, the the iron, the iron worm or whatever they call it, the the wood worm. I don't know. They burrow into the wood and cause sure. problems or whatever. There's too much of that. Like it just wasn't suitable enough for okay. for, for for this. So I got these huge four by eight pieces of hardwood. They're okay. awesome. They're like the, my favorite thing ever. So I. I had my motor, got it out, got it on the engine stand, got it off. Sold that engine stand, by the way. Yeah, why'd you down the road that so quick? That thing sucked. You were so excited about it the was, cranky situation. It was awesome when it was on the stand. Yeah, but when you when you put a motor on a stand, uh-huh. tell me your process. You bolt the the, the bolt the yoke up, right? And you slide the yoke into the thing. Yeah, and then you put the pin in, and you're good to go. Where there's nothing to slide, so you have to like <laughs> finagle. You have to finagle the motor like perfectly level, and then bolt up all four bolts, and then yeah, take no, the no dice. Awful, absolutely awful. Down the road, goodbye. Not even sad about <laughs> selling that thing at all. Anyway, so I got it off the stand, lowered it on these two big ass blocks of wood. Okay, perfect. Slid the. So did you know that the the nine eleven motor has a spot where if you put the jack on it, the whole thing is perfectly balanced. Where is that spot? It is. I mean, right, I, obviously, that makes sense. That right there in is front of the spot. bell housing, on the back side of the case, there's like a little nub that kind right. of sticks out where there's a bolt that goes through. You put your jack right there, and you can jack it up, and that's how you get it into the car. Huh. So I put a little piece of wood on there, and right. I put uh, on the back of the jack, I put a longitudinal or a perpendicular piece of wood just in case it rotates back and forth. It's that got makes something. Sense. And you you put the car way up in the air. It's almost like you 
you want to walk into the bedroom every once in a while and see an ass this high. It's like way <laughs> up. And you, and you kind of look, you look in there and you can see the hole that you're aiming for. And you just kind of, you just kind of take the shaft uh-huh. and you walk it right into that hole from all the way back. And then you just, uh-huh. just jack away. It's, it's, <laughs> we're so terrible. This is exactly what you do. So I you, know. You, you, the input shaft of the transmission from the shifter <laughs> yes. goes in a hole that's on the frame. Right. And then you slide it in, uh-huh. and then the car is way in the air. So you, right. so you jack the jack almost to its height. Like this big-ass jack is almost all the way out of its thing. And Carrying you, a, like, 700-pound. Oh, and, and you're just like, <laughs> well, I hope f- a breeze doesn't come through. Yes. Well, you've got two points, and then the, the shaft is in the hole, uh-huh. and then you're jacking it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and the mount goes, and you put the little mounts in, yep. and I started to screw the, the little bolt in, and, it's, and I got a little bit of resistance. Ooh. So then I'm like... All right. So I took the motor back out again because I didn't want to leave it just like dangling there. Right. I didn't have it's this weird thread pitch of usually you have eight by one, two, five. Okay. For a bolt, right? You have eight millimeter wide and then the thread pitch is one, two, five. Right. And then you have 10 by five. I'm sorry. 10 by 1.5. So it's 10 millimeters thick, 1.5 thread pitch. And then you have 12 by 1.75. Okay is the next size up. It's a little bit coarser. It gets coarser every time. Right. The thread pitch gets coarser because you that don't... That makes sense. Yeah. This was 12 by 1.5. Hmm. So it was a so little a bit different. It was, a, uh, it was a fine thread, big bolt. I don't have any. So I had to well, drive... where did it come from? What do you mean? Like where you took the motor out of the car. I, I had the bolt. I'm talking a tap. So I could oh, clean up the threads. you didn't specify sorry, that. Sorry about that. Yeah, so it was a little <laughs> sticky. The bolt going in was... Like, it just didn't feel like... I got gotcha. you. didn't just yeah, finger... Yeah. I like being able to finger things in. When he put him, <laughs> knock it Jesus. off. If you wouldn't look at me like that, this wouldn't happen. I'm just. What? Are, you're the one talking. So I went and got a tap. I lowered the motor down, put it back on the ground because I didn't want to leave and have you, the motor just like 10 feet in the air. First. Yeah. So then I went and tapped it, got everything cleaned out nice, got the motor bolted in. Uh-huh. Oh, this is, this is awesome. This is going so well, right? This is going, uh-huh. this is just incredible. This, I can't, I, I'm going to have this thing running when it went in a certain amount of time. Put all of the oil I put, in. I put, uh, well, this is one day. So I got okay. everything bolted in on the motor and I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm going to take a break. Okay. Got the motor bolted in. Yeah. Got the, it's all set to go. Come out the next day, bolt the axles up. Oh. Oh, oh god, the axle thing. Yep. So you <laughs> So when you have an axle, you have a flange, like a right. big thick flange at the balls and the inner hub of the let's knock it off. I'm of, not of, doing anything of the axle basically so it can articulate. Right. Correct. So the shaft can articulate yes. with the balls that are in there. And you bolt that up to the flange, and then uh-huh. when you go over bumps, it can move and right. still rotate at the same time. Yes. Constant velocity. Yeah. Right. The the flange on one side was really thick. On, and the other side, it was thinner. And Alex had helped me take the motor out of the car. Okay. And he had disc- He's like, hey, man, these are really loose, these bolts. And I looked, and they were only sticking out of the flange by maybe an eighth of an inch. So there was maybe oh. three threads holding those on. So this is basically the wrong axle flange for the car. Yes. I think it's probably for just a different car. I don't know. Yeah. But I had an extra axle. And I went and looked at that, yeah, and it was a thin one. You know, got to have extra spares. There was a thin one, so I'm, okay. I swapped out that axle. That took – rebuilding axles sucks. It's it messy. It's messy. Very it's, messy. No matter what you do, you put gloves on, you can't feel anything. It's just – it's always messy. Right. So I rebuilt that axle, and I put the axles in the car, and then that's when I went, I went to bed. Got up the next day, went out there, got everything – Bolted on. I got the clutch cable on. I got the speedometer cable or the, the speedometer cable on. Yep. Uh, connected the starter fuel connected lines. Connected the the fuel lines, the reverse lights, the the speedometer cable, 
the wiring harness. I got that yep. all hooked up, tested. There was a couple different things on the wiring harness yeah, that I, I wasn't. I saw there was some weird. Yeah, so I had all kinds of hack job wiring in my car. Right. And I the only thing that I had from this new wiring harness that I got, which is just awesome, by the way, <laughs> is it plugs right into the CD box, and there's one wire that says uh, power to CDI box. I'm like, okay, well, I just got to find power to the CDI box. So I found one wire with power, hooked it up, boom, power. Nothing, everything just worked. I was like, wow, this was incredible. Okay. Was like, this is the easiest thing I've ever done. All I had to do is rebuild this axle. Everything is easy. <laughs> Lo and behold, things did not go so well. They started out not going so easy. Well, and you have to also say you fill the engine full of oil. I did. I, like, like there ten, are a lot of things to of oil. take apart and redo if you have to go back. Yeah, so I put in 10 quarts of oil, which is about $100 worth of oil with yep. this oil that I use. I'm like, all right. So I disconnect the coil because I don't want it to run yet. I want to build up oil pressure. Sure. So I disconnect the coil. I go over to turn the motor over, and it just goes, thunk. <laughs> and I'm sitting there just thinking, hello, darkness, my old friend. What am I going to do? And I'm so depressed because I just filled the thing up with oil. And you're fearing the worst. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you, what you didn't say is you had also, like, put the clutch back together and you forgot the ring gear. I know, I like put the transmission in and I'm like, and oh. And so you're like, uh, so now you're it. thinking, oh, did I put the ring gear in backward or something weird? Or it's it binding or it's not aligned properly. Is the bushing on the starter bad? Because it, you can hear the solenoid click and yep. engage, yep. but the starter obviously it's isn't not moving. So then I which, go to the front of the car. What? I just felt this way. You got. You cannot even. You, the high that I had from like things going together. Just let's listen to this song. Just when my eyes were stared by the flash of a neon light, uh-huh. uh-huh. split the night. Here we so go. Right, here, right here. Hold on. And touch the sound of silence. That was me. I was so depressed. I went and sat in Grandpa's chair, which is the recliner that you always see me sitting in. Okay. It's my Grandpa's chair. Sat in Grandpa's chair going, what am I going to do? Yeah. What? What? what, what? I, I'm thinking to myself, I have to take the motor out. Yeah. I, I just, I'm trying to like, okay, what else could it be? What else could it be? I go up to the front of the car and I kind of like loosely put the battery terminals on. Right. I'm like, all right, I'm going to tighten the battery terminals maybe it's up. Maybe a bad really connection. Yeah, maybe like, click, nothing. Yep. More sounds of silence. <laughs> so, and I walk over to the back of the car and I grab a bucket uh-huh. and I spray the bucket out and I wipe it out with a towel. You were ready to pull the I drain was ready, plug. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pull the starter and look at the ring gear because I right. can see it and I can see I'm going to check to make sure all the pressure plate bolts are tight, which okay. would have sucked because I'd have to like turn them over over a little bit, tighten, like check them. Oh, like one I of those just, maybe is binding I on don't the house. Like did I put like the wrong size bolt in one of them and it's hitting right. the case yep. or what? What? what is what is going on? I can right. turn the motor over. No problem. Right. The clutch was working. I, you know, I put it in gear and mm. went and sat on my butt with both feet out and like pushed the wheels because I don't okay. have a limited slip. So I'm like, and I have resistance. That's it's working. Right. What could it be? It's just clicking. What's broken? Something's broken. Mother F. What did I screw up? <laughs> did I put the clutch disc in backwards? Right. And is it the, like the, the shaft of the, was it pushing? I don't, what, what? I thought I did this right. This ring gear only goes on one way. It goes on one way. Or so you thought. It only goes on one way. It only goes on one way, and it's it's really hard to mess it up. Okay. It's insane a bunch about me. <laughs> I take the starter out, yeah. and I'm like, everything looks fine. I take a picture of it. I send it to my buddy Aaron. I'm like, what do you see? Does anything look weird? He's like, nope, everything 
looks fine. And I'm looking and I see that there's this big, thick, fat black wire <laughs> hanging right, just hanging out. And I'm like, mother F, that's the battery wire, the main battery wire that runs through the car, uh-huh. goes to the starter, right. and, and then, then the starter goes off up from to there. The, goes up to the alternator. Right. So when I was turning that key, that starter was drawing power through the entire engine harness. <laughs> Through the engine harness, from right. the battery, through through the car, through like 18-gauge wire. Right. But it's, so it's a good thing I was just going click-click, because if I would have went click and held it down. Right, it would have just fried just your harness. just would have fried the harness, totally. I'm like, holy shit, this is so awesome. And my so- attitude entirely changed. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. I was, I was so psyched and ready to go. I could not have been happier. It was like the... It was like the biggest roller coaster ride I've ever had with cars. Because usually something's broken. It's and then you it's have broken. to. Yeah, it's broken. You're go screwed. backwards. You almost never get an easy out like this. Yes, that's true. You almost never okay. get an easy and out. And so to recap, the whole process of you taking the engine out and everything else was to put new camshafts I did. in. I put new camshafts in. And these are hot cams. They are. They're Web 120 104s. Nobody knows what that means. I don't even know what that means. That's okay. probably some but bigger delineation. Web, bigger duration, more air, more power. They're massive. They're more like... And uh, these were because you put on PMOs. Yes. And so now you have more air to play with, basically. And right. So put the cams in. And so how, how does it feel? I am uh, You sh- haven't said anything about the driving impressions. Throttle response is incredible. It's okay. be- way better. Just like revving this, wow, wow. I mean, it is, it's awesome. Okay. I mean, the throttle response is way better. I'm still dialing in the carbs because it is a lot more air. Right. I don't have the jetting to get it dialed in. Okay. I, I just don't. I don't have it. I have to, I had to order it. So I ordered oh, like okay. $260 worth of jets. So I yeah. ordered, I basically have all of the jets <laughs> right now. So I, want, I just want them all. So I ordered all the jets, all the idle jets, all of the main jets. Right. So the way that, I look at it is a carburetor is six separate cylinders with six little tiny little engines going ticket 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 right so you have you can tune each one specifically for the cylinder that it has right, right. the only thing tying them together is the butterfly shaft otherwise there's six separate engines if you More really or think less. six separate you know single engine things and on mine typically like on yours you can't do this do what? So when I turn, the hardest part of a carb to tune is what? The transition. The transition. When you're Going rolling from onto the idle throttle. over to the full uh, circuit. Right. Because it's when vacuum is a little weird. Right. It's, and you're just rolling onto the <clears throat> throttle, but it's the transition is, other than cruising, is where you're going to be the most. True. It's when you're pulling away from a light or you're starting the car up and backing down the driveway or you're doing yep. a light pass. You're always in the transition period. So if it doesn't work, the driving experience sucks. Right. It's, it's really hard to tune, especially if you have a stock car and the factory jetting and everything like that, it works great because sure. the factory already spent millions of dollars figuring it out. Right. They've already, <laughs> but my motor is just like so far removed from anything that ever existed. Right. I am lucky that I have PMOs. This, this, Tuning that I'm going to tell you about doesn't exist on a Weber or a Zenith or anything like that. Okay. I don't know if it exists on other types of carburetors. I'm not sure. I think the DCOE sure. Weber, the Weber also has this, and it is an air corrector. So on the idle circuit, mm-hmm. there is um, fuel mixture screws that normally you you know you can turn the fuel mixture screw in and out, and that right. will adjust the idle speed 
I'm sorry, the idle fuel mixture right. for that specific cylinder. Yes. And a lot of, like, even if you have, like, a single-barrel carburetor, yeah, you have you're going to have the same thing. Right. So I just happen to have six separate ones, which makes it kind of complicated. And the right. way that you can see what you're doing is you have a, uh, what, what is the thing called? Do you know what it's called? A synchrometer. Right. Air you flow a, meter. Yep. It is basically, it looks like a little snail, and it's got a snout <laughs> on it, and you <laughs> shove it in the hole, uh-huh. and it, there's a little meter on there it that measures airflow. measures airflow. Yeah. And you want, obviously... Obviously, you want all of them to be pulling the same airflow. Right. Because you have, if you're trying to do work on something and you have five really strong men and one weak dude, it's going to be awkward for everybody trying to do <laughs> well, the same thing. Yeah, it does harm to the engine, though, too. Yes. It's it not also just doesn't. awkward. Yeah, it's awkward and it's, it doesn't work very well. It's not yes. efficient. It's not how you want it to be. You just right. got everything has to be working in harmony, okay. which is why nobody from the factory has anything like this, right? They don't, they don't do this anymore. It's just, oh, it's, right. it's, it's not efficient. It's, it's stupid, right? It's, right. It's super dumb. As I said before, it would have made a lot more sense to have a single intake manifold and a single carb yeah. or CIS. And that's why they went to it. And that. that's why they went to it. It's right. a lot more efficient. So what I can do and what is specific to my carburetor is you have this air corrector. So you have the fuel mixture screw, which adjusts right. the fuel. And that fuel is global through the transition. Okay, so that it it will affect globally through the transition period to the main jet. However, when you open up the throttle, what happens? More air. Right. The vacuum drops. The vacuum drops. The 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 fuel that you have is constant. So if you add more air, it's going to lean out. Right. So for me, what I had to do is I went and drove it for the first time. And it just as soon as at the it was at 10 to one, super rich and idle. It was just like super messed up. It wasn't good at all. I went to drive it. It was okay, but it got lean and on the transition, like 16 to 1, 17 yep. to 1, almost undrivable, right? It just right. starts popping and sputtering. Yep. It's so good. Wide open throttle, awesome. I mean, it was like 13 and a half. Not awesome. Let me, let me refresh. Usable. Right. And I'm like, okay, so we got to figure this out. What are we going to do? I put really wet, the richest idle jets that I had in. Okay. I put the richest main jets that I had in. Yeah. And then at idle, I, or I backed them out. Yep. So I added a bunch of more fuel. Right. And then I used the air correctors to introduce air for the idle mixture. Yeah. So then I... So re- for then the I re- record, the Zeniths do actually have air corrector jets that can be changed out. Oh, so you... But you can't find... No. Find two. Okay, exactly. see what you mean. So I have like these little screws that I can just be like... And I can just turn them and I can... And I have an air fuel gauge on one side of the motor. Yep. So I can... I go a quarter turn and I look at it. I've got my right now, and I'm still. I want it. It's still a little bit lean. It gets into like 14 to one in the transition. Yeah, I want it to be like 13 flat. Right, would be really, really ideal. I just don't want it lean. I don't. I don't want it lean. Lean is lean is expensive. Lean is ex- very expensive. Lean is hot. <laughs> lean burns pistons. <laughs> lean burns valves. It's 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 the worst. Yes, and can cause carb fires. Yes, as we found out, and you can uh, you can hear it always. If you get lean, it sounds like it's spitting and popping. Exactly, carb, which is. A basically a backfire happening on the intake side. Yes. Of, not good. Not good at all. So I got it dialed in pretty well, but I need to get a little bit of, I've got the fuel mixture screws as far out as they can go, like two and a half turns. Okay. I can't add any more fuel and I've got, but I use the idle air correctors to fix the idle right. fuel mixture, but I can't do any more on the transition. I need, need those richer jets. jets. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, the throttle response is really good. It's at least as right now not being perfect with the ignition timing set a little conservative. Sure. It's about on par with the M5. Maybe Can a little bit faster. Can you tell it's faster, faster as it was, than it was yeah. before? Yes, it is okay. faster than it was before. Is the power curve way different? Uh, I have a, a problem. What's uh, that? It is that my rev limiter is now too low. 
Okay. It, it's, I'm thinking. So your power band obviously moved up with my, these cams. With these cams, that was bound to happen. Right. The power band moved way up because of the cams. I'm just trying to decide. Do Are I you want, safe with your crank and everything else to run yeah, it up yeah, I did heavy-duty valve springs and everything. I had my crank checked. It's all fine. I don't want to move my my rev limiter up. I should for the motor. I'm not going to. I might. I'm going to get it running how I have it set up right now. Right. Excuse me. I'm going to get it running as, as good as I can. And then if it's still like I just want to move the power band back down a little bit, right? I'll put the other Venturis back in. The there 38 you go. millimeter Venturis. Yep. I'll pull the power down. I just want to see what's capable with these 42s. I'm just curious. Yeah. And like I said, I love dicking around with this stuff. It's fun. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm learning. I'm, you know, I want to be able to. This is a very reliable system once it's working. Sure. Because there's almost no failure points other than like a gasket or something. True. So you bring a rebuild kit with you, you're you're, nothing's going to break. Yeah. You know, it's just if for the fuel system, for the carburetors. Right. As long as you drive them, you don't let them sit, they're going to work. What is your fuel pressure running at? Up Three and to, a half. No, up to the regulator. Oh, a very high. Yeah. However, I have a PMO fuel pressure regulator, which recirculates the fuel back. Okay. So it's not That's like more it's more reliable. Just, it's not like, or it's yeah. just like running up against the fuel pressure regulator. No, right. it's just like, it does exactly the same, same thing CIS does. Right. Which is all of the excess pressure gets bled back into the tank. Yeah. No, nope, that makes sense. Yeah. And, oh, I don't know if I should even say this, but I guess I bought a spare one for myself. CIS pumps right now yeah. are extremely cheap. Why? I don't know, but I bought a pump. <laughs> I bought a Bosch CIS pump for my car for $120. That seems cheap. It is very cheap. They used to be like $400. So I bought one just as a spare. Yeah. Everybody should buy one because they're going to be NLA soon, is my guess. Because <laughs> I don't think Bosch gives a shit about making CIS fuel no, pumps anymore. Probably not. So it's. They're gonna, too busy making electric motors yes. for. Our conversion you'll hear about on Monday. Yeah, for uh, yes, exactly. Anyway, so that's kind of where the car is at. I'm really, really excited. It's it's. Why didn't you drive it? Because it's not tuned right yet. Yeah, it's 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 getting there. Do you have the bumper on yet? I don't. Oh my god. What? I should have just put the bumper on. I just wanted to work on it so bad and get it running so bad. I have so many burns on my knees <laughs> from the muffler on yep. the back. And I, yep. and the, you know, the screw, there's two screws that hold the muffler it's on. It's the clamp. The yeah. clamp. I gouge my knee on those and oh, tore my skin sure. up and just, I'm like all brutalized on my knees. Like, I, oh, it's brutal. But hey, all worth it. All worth it. I wouldn't take back anything. I, I love that the starter didn't work and I figured it out. <laughs> Even if I would have had emotional to, roller coaster. Even if I would have had to have pulled the motor out and put the motor back in, I still would be like, I loved it. It was worth it. You know, right. it's, it sucks when you're doing stuff sometimes. Yeah, but it's how you learn. You learn when you make the mistakes, and hopefully, you don't make them again. I constantly make mistakes. Right, constantly. But it's okay. It's if everything went awesome, awesome all the time, there wouldn't be any reward for it. That's true. You know, the contrast is is nice. So, as you said, we probably won't have any time for news, but we do have a segment. Oh, yes. I wanted to uh, to get some. Uh, we, we put the call out to the Overcrest Drivers Club to see if any of us wanted to call and leave us a voicemail. But here's my number. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. Uh, sometimes people say, don't meet your heroes. What's the car that you've driven that was not nearly as good as you thought it would be? And uh, what's another that was way better than you thought it would be? Ooh. Love the show. Have a good one. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks, Ryan. That was awesome. Uh, I drove an E28 Alpina. Oh, yeah. Which is similar power to an M5. It's really, really close. 
And that was a very disappointing car. Oh, really? And I think it's probably because at the time, uh-huh. The thing I do now when I drive old cars is I try to put myself in the context, in the context of, of the car. Right. And you heard Ollie talk about that too, right? It's what the car was built for, what it's good at, what its, it's, what its merits are. Right? right. But that car really was pretty disappointing. It didn't really make any good noises. Yeah. It was just kind of pedestrian. I, it just it really wasn't for me. That was probably the most disappointing one for mm. me. It was an Alpina. I forget what the, like a B, Alpina B5 or B8 or B something or another. It just wasn't, wasn't incredible. That's frustrating. What about you? What is anything I'm that underwhelmed think. you? Well, I mean, to his point of don't never meet your heroes, was that your hero car at the time? No, but it's just one. I don't think I've ever had a car that I really was like, oh, you know what? Probably the a 991 GT2 RS. Yeah. Was just like, yeah, it's really fast. You know, you think of that car as, as being like an absolute sledgehammer that's going right. to just destroy you. But it's so mundane in terms I of desensitization. I hate and- to say it, I kind of feel that way about the 996 Turbo. Yeah? I always thought this was going to be the pinnacle. Now like, imagine that with no boost lag, more power, quieter. It's just, you know, it, it's even yeah. more. Oh, far- you're talking the 991. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. And then what, what has, his second question is what, what like, has met the expectations? Right. What has not disappointed? Ah, oh, man. For me, the M5. Yeah. I had really put that car on a pedestal and been like, this is one of my favorite cars of all time. I can't wait to drive this thing. And when I drove it for the first time, I'm like, oh my God, this is everything I thought it would be. The motor is perfect. It's comfortable. It's quiet. It does 160 miles an hour without even right. thinking about it. it. It's When you clutch kick that thing <laughs> and drift it, yeah. it goes exactly where you point the steering wheel. It is so well balanced for such a big car. Well, it's, it's a long wheelbase and yeah, has power. Oh, It's just absolutely butter smooth. It is the smoothest Best engine I think I've ever driven. That S62 motor that's wow. in there. It, it's an absolutely incredible car. I will say the DM one. <laughs> it's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> this sales pitch brought to you by Chris no, I, I truly, I truly mean it. It is. It's incredible. I am hesitant to say this because your head is big enough, but your car last year on PMOs running well really was like very good. Yep. I had high expectations with that. And knowing my orange car, which is like a basket case and not high performance and doesn't have the power behind it, going from that to yours is like, wow. I really, the thing is, is that when I went to drive your car, I had almost as much fun as driving my car. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you can, my car is can be dangerous. The limits are pretty high. It, because it is very fast. It, right. it really does move out pretty good. Your car, I was just savagely beating that yeah. thing. Yeah. Just like a stepkid that I don't love. Yeah, just because it's orange. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was absolutely relentless to that thing. Yeah, and that's what's fun about that car. All right, let's move on to uh, we got one more phone call here. We still got this Android phone that I can never figure out. How do I get to different voice messages? Here we go. Hi, Chris and Jake. This is Elon. I have some questions about the other Crest Rally this year, and I uh, hear it's happening near Utah. And I was um, wondering if, and um, I don't know, if you would uh, accept Bitcoin for my entry fee. I recently have a lot that we're not doing anything with, and um, 
it might still be worth enough to pay the entry fee by the time September rolls around. Also, I'm trying to figure out which vehicle to bring. And um, I was wondering if you're going to have the rally go anywhere near Telluride. Uh, maybe we could bring the Cybertruck down Black Bear Road. I've uh, been listening to the song in preparation. And finally, um, can you ask Buster not to pester me anymore about pumping up Dogecoin, as he would say? I'm up to my tits in it as well. Um, that's really his problem now. Uh, thank you. Keep up the good work. Thanks for the call, Elon. Um, Chris, you going to take Bitcoin? Uh, by the time the, the rally rolls around, who knows what it'll be worth. <laughs> if, this, if, if Elon won't keep his mouth shut, it might be worth nothing. Fucking jerk. If I ever saw that guy on the road, I would kick him in the nuts. Why? That guy. It, what? Imagine being... That much of a, I, I like Elon Musk. I know. Imagine being that much of a savant, uh-huh. having that much money, uh-huh. and being able to be on Twitter. <laughs> right. And your ego is just like unchecked. I mean, well, the guy's ego is. SNL probably brought him down a few notches. <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, I think that made him pretty crabby. But the guy has, I mean, the guy has Asperger's. It's a lot to ask. Yes. It's a lot to ask of someone like that to be on a show that's live. Right. It, it is. It's live. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's just, I don't have any barometer for how good Saturday Night Live is right now. Like, is it any good? Was that I don't like know. A, that was kind of painful. Okay. Aren't they I don't all, watch it frequently. Aren't they all painful right that now? Was kinda, all, I don't know. They're all yeah. pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Well, if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, you're welcome to, but you have to be a member of the Overcrest Drivers Club yes. to get the phone number. Patreon.com slash Overcrest. Yeah, we'll get you all dialed in. Uh, what do we have going on? Oh, on Friday or Monday. Monday. Sorry, on Monday, um, we have Max from Revive Automotive coming on the podcast. Yes. And I'm going to read, a... this, I'm gonna read you this quote, and then oh, you okay, just tell me you what go. you think the episode's going to be about. In the beginning, I looked around but could not find the car I was dreaming of, a small Lightweight sports car that uses energy efficiently. So I decided to build it myself. And that is Ferdinand Porsche. But and, it also certainly applies to what Max has done. Yes. Yeah, so we'll leave it at that and uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. Take care. In our day and the kids was on a camp out in the mountains and we had us one of them you drive marmy jeep cars which we'd rented from a fellow by the name of q Bosky for 30 bucks a day buy your gas along the way take a rabbit split and leave a pint of blood for a deposit and he explained it all to us how we were supposed to get to telluride which is 50 miles away by way of the regular highway however there was a shortcut but unless we had drove the black bear road before we'd better be off to stay stay in bed sleep late pay no attention to the guitar there well, we took up off on the highway, and we come upon a sign that says, Black Bear Road, you don't have to be crazy to drive this road, but it helps. I says, RJ, this must be the shortcut road Kuboski's talking about. She didn't pay no mind because she was making peanut butter sandwiches for the kids in the back seat, throwing rocks and drinking Kool-Aid and playing count the license plates. But they wasn't having too much fun counting the license plate or cars because there weren't no other cars. We went about a mile and a half, about four hours, busted off the right front fender, tore a hole in the oil pan on the rocks big as a hall closet. Went over bumps, spilled the Kool-Aid, and Roy G stuck his polo knife right through the convertible top, and the dog threw up all over the back seat. Peanut butter don't agree with me, see? So we had to stop, take off the top, and air everything out, and clean it up. The dog run off, and RJ says she felt her asthma coming on. I was sitting there wondering what to do when the entire scenic San Juan, you drive a Marmy Jeep car, sank in the mud at 13,000 feet above sea level. 
Well, we shoveled it out and ate her lunch. Dog made a yellow hole in the snow, and Roy Jean got out his instamatic and took a snapshot of it. Mary Elizabeth drew a picture of the road. It looked like a whole bunch of Z's and W's all strung together. And R.J. took one look at it and said the only way that that Jeep car is going down that road is over her dead body. Then a rock slipped off one of the wheel, and the U-driving Army Jeep car went right over the edge of a cliff. Doggone it, Roy Jean. How many times do I have to explain it to you? When I tell you to put a rock under the wheel, I mean rock. Now look at that. What you'd have to no bigger grapefruit. 